Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And a very good morning to you, New York Vinny here, back on the airwaves in Seattle. A very, very good Saturday morning to you. Drive Time is the name of the show. We'll be doing it every Saturday morning uh, at this time, 8 to 9 o'clock, right here on Alternative Talk, 1150 KKNW. We get a chance to... um, well, to talk to you a bit about uh, about cars and about mobility, about transportation, uh, but mostly about cars and car culture. Listen, we all have cars, right? I mean, we all, most of us at least, drive a car or we even, you know, ride in a car in an Uber or a Lyft or something like that. We all do that. And maybe we all ought to know a little bit more about them. So in this show, we'll have a, we're going to have a lot of fun because you know me. If you know me, you know me, I like to have fun. I'm a fun type of guy. So, I'm back in Seattle, and I'm back to having fun again, which is, uh, I think, a pretty groovy thing. I've been gone for, you know, it's almost 10 years uh, since uh, I left to go to Pittsburgh and to um, to take on another job, and I've missed Seattle. I, I don't... Uh, don't lie about that. It's a great city, and I know it has its faults, but the reality is it's a pretty good uh, place to be, and I am glad to be back, to be uh, moving back in to uh, the city that I love. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh is a great city. I don't take anything away from that, but, you know, my heart, with everything that's gone on in my career, uh, I just uh, I want to be in Seattle for, uh, you know, for, for the rest of it, you know, however long that may be. So we'll see what happens. I have, uh, you know, have gone crazy. I have predicted that the Mariners will uh, get to the playoffs next year. Maybe that's uh, a little egotistical of me, thinking I'm maybe their uh, good luck charm come back. But we'll see what happens. Who knows? Maybe they'll make the right moves, and we'll uh, all be able to go to the playoffs together. We got a big show planned for you today. Show number one of uh, the new hour-long drive time. A lot of good stuff. If you are a uh, Corvette fan or you know one, wake them up, get them to the radio, and tell them to listen. In uh, the uh, A little later in the show, I did an interview with Taj Jukler. He is the man who designs Corvettes. And I caught up with him in uh, Carlisle, Pennsylvania at the uh, Corvettes at Carlisle event and had a chance to sit down and talk to him a little bit about the new C8 Corvette, which is, let me tell you, a fantastic car. It, just an unbelievable piece of machinery, and uh, I think it's going to be a big hit for Chevrolet. I think they'll uh, sell all that they can mint. I know that there are some Corvette enthusiasts who are, you know, not so hip on it because it is a mid-engine car. I heard one guy wisecrack at the uh, event that uh, he said, well, it's a $59,000 Pontiac Fiero. Uh, I don't think the same way. Now, I haven't driven it yet, but I've sat in it, and I've gone over it and had a chance to go over it with uh, uh, the chief engineer. So uh, Taz Jukler will join us uh, a little later in the show. We'll talk to him. Also, we're going to have our top five that we'll do every week, five things that uh, you should know about, or we'll make you laugh in the world of uh, cars and trucks and uh, and everything. we got a good top five for you today. 
Also, we have our uh, review we do every week. Uh, we take a car. Uh, for those of you that know me, you know that for the past, I don't know, since 1994, I've been driving a new car almost every week and reviewing it in one form or another, either on KJR when we were doing drive time there, or you've heard it on Cairo, on Como, on all you know, all the stations I've been on. We've been lucky enough to be able to do that. That's how this show developed, really, is that, um, you know, we're in Pittsburgh and we developed the hour show, and I wanted to bring it back to Seattle to, uh, you know, bring it home. Bring it home, I guess, is, is what you can call it. Now, I'm on Facebook. You can get me there. Uh, we will eventually, I guess, in the next uh, week or so, uh, get things to where we can take phone calls from you because we got a lot of we're going to talk about with you a lot of things. You know, there's there's so many things to talk about in the world of uh, cars in the world of mobility. There's electric cars. Uh, there's famous people who own cars. There's your car. We're going to have uh, we're going to do all of that kind of stuff. And uh, it'll, you know what? It'll be just like the sports show, except we'll be talking about cars instead of sports. And as we know, there's losers in that game too, right? Uh, in the car game as well. But we'll uh, we'll have our review coming up for you. As I said a little later in the show this week, we take a look at the Toyota Rav Four. That's uh, I think one of the uh, better, a little small SUVs out there. And we will get a chance to. Um, to review and talk a little bit about that. So we got a lot of stuff happening on this fine, uh, beautiful Saturday morning where uh, we we meet once again. I told you when I left that we would meet somewhere down the road, and looks like the road has driven right up to a garage door here at drive time. Uh, it, it's been a, a great um, summer for me so far. In fall, we got to go to... This great event uh, that one of the trade associations that I belong to, I belong to two trade associations, uh, IMPA, which is, well, actually NOAPA, which is the Northwest Automotive Press Association, and that's a bunch of people uh, who live in the Northwest or associated with the Northwest, and you may have heard me talk before about Mudfest, we give away uh, an award every year, we have two big events, Mudfest, where we take pick up trucks and jeeps and four-wheel drives through the mud and uh, through the muck to test them out so you get a chance to uh, to take a look at that. We always give out uh, awards for that. This year, I believe the Jeep Gladiator Pickup won that award. And then we also have Run to the Sun, which is uh, a beautiful event where we jump into cars that we could never own, uh, you know, Rolls Royces and stuff like that and drive them through the roads, usually down in Oregon, uh, because the cops are, I don't know, more lenient there, I don't know, but we, uh, we drive them through the roads and uh, test them out, so that uh, if you're one of those people who are really well-to-do, have a lot of checkbook to spare, uh, you can go and buy one of those cars and be happy, and we'll let you know if it's a good deal or not. So we have all of that going and but uh IMPA, which is the International Motor Press Association, which I belong to as well, we have a uh, a, a track day. We call them test days. 
and we got a chance to go out on a track and uh, drive a few uh, different, uh, you know, high-performance cars, which is always a blast to me. Uh, you know, I love to drive, but I really love to drive high-performance cars. And I got a chance to drive the Toyota Supra uh, this year. Got a chance to drive the Subaru uh, BRZ. I uh, got a chance to drive a couple of AMG Mercedes before the rain started. And um, it was a blast. It was a lot of fun uh, to go out on the track and, uh, you know, spin those cars around. I mean, you know, we don't go out 200 miles an hour. But there's um, this place, and I think that actually I would love to see them build one in the Northwest called the Monticello Motor Club. So we go to the Monticello Motor Club, and we, um, it, it, it's a, uh, how would I explain it? If you live on a golf course, like if you're out at Bear Creek or something like that, or down in Lacey at uh, the, the big uh, country club down there, and you live on the golf course, well, this is the same thing, except they have a track instead of a golf course. So people who have classic cars, vintage cars, or brand new cars uh, can go out on, you know, you have your garage, you can take your car out of the garage, go over to the track, put your helmet on, vroom, go around the track. And this way you don't have to do 150 miles an hour out on the street, you get to do it out at the track. And it's a really cool setup, and I think they've sold all of them that they can... Um, that they could uh, build out there. I think they're only set for a certain amount of houses. But it's kind of cool to have your garage and you just go out, get on the uh, get on the track and drive your car. That's not bad. I mean, I don't want to, you know, when I'm older, I don't, well, <laughs> when I'm older, I'm not, probably not going to be driving. I'm pretty old as it is. But when, <laughs> when I get, uh, you know, to the retirement age or uh, or even before that, I wouldn't mind, you know, I'm not a golfer. I'm so bad at golf that, you know, I, the only reason I go to the golf course is to tell jokes and get a free uh, couple of beers or, uh, or something. I am not a good golfer. And anybody that's ever golfed with me, my friend Indy can tell you. He, he made me go buy a set of golf clubs and uh, <laughs> they're still sitting in the garage. So anyway, but if I had, if I lived on a, on a, uh, a track, and I lived where you could take the car out of the garage, drive over to the track, get on the track, and go around. Now, that's something I would dig. That's something that would be very, very, uh, very, very cool to me. You know, go out and get a different car and drive it around, maybe trade cars with your neighbor. You know, I'm driving a Corvette, he's driving a Porsche. Maybe we switch to each other, and, you know, he drives the vet one. I don't know if I let anybody drive my vet. I was thinking about that when I was saying it. I don't know if that's a good idea. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. It is so good to be back on the radio in Seattle. So good to be with you on a Saturday morning. We're going to have a lot of fun with this show. As, as I said, we will... Uh, uh, not, we're not going to do it this week because we're just getting things together and setting them up. But starting next week, we'll take some phone calls and we'll uh, get to say hello to some old friends. If you want to get me by email, you can do that at Vinny, V-I-N-N-I-E, at 
drivetime-radio.com. That's Vinny at drivetime-radio.com. Or you can also catch me on Twitter at NYVinny, N-Y-V-I-N-N-I-E. And I'm on Facebook as well. So I hope that uh, you'll make contact. Let me know what you think of the show. Tell me how we can improve it. Uh, and listen, don't bother with the get another host. I've seen that one before. Uh, but, you know, th- things that you might want to hear, segments that you might want to have. This is our show. This is a, an hour that you and I get to talk about. And, and, and you know, the, the, the basics are cars. You know, the basic thing we talk about are cars, but really it's a chance for us to meet up on a Saturday morning and talk a little bit with cars is the main topic, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll sneak other things in from time to time uh, that uh, have a little something to do with cars. Okay? I'm glad you're along for the ride this morning. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, and then... When we come back, we will give you our our patented, you'll know more when you finish listening to the show than when you started listening to the show, our top five segment. This is Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny on Alternative Talk 1150 KKNW. If you're searching for that perfect gift for the college-bound kid in your life, the Car Care Council suggests putting together a roadside emergency kit. An inexpensive roadside kit is easy to assemble and could be extremely useful, maybe even a lifesaver in the event of an emergency. Of course, it's always a good idea to be prepared for the unexpected while on the road, but the best option is to avoid breakdowns and car trouble wherever possible. Performing basic maintenance and observing a regular service schedule can help avoid unforeseen road emergencies. Roadside emergency items can fit into a small duffel bag or rubber storage tote and include the following. Jumper cables, emergency flares, flashlight and batteries, blankets and extra clothes, non-perishable snacks and bottled water, first aid kit, including essential medications, portable USB charger to keep the cell phone running even if the car isn't, ice scraper, snow brush, and small shovel for winter driving. And finally, keep a copy of the Car Care Guide available free of charge at carcare.org. Visit the Car Care Council's website to access a number of tips and resources for vehicle maintenance, including a free custom service schedule. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to Drive Time Radio. New York Vinny hanging out with you on a Saturday morning as you run your errands, you're getting things done. Maybe you're actually going out to buy a car today. You know, Saturday this time of day is a prime time to uh, buy cars and to, um, you know, to uh, go out shopping for a car. So maybe you're uh, you're in the mood to do that, and we can always help you do that here on Drive Time. We'll have details about that coming up in future shows uh, as uh, we, um, you know, it's, it's so funny. I've helped innumerable people, a couple of hundred at least, buy cars, you know, uh, act as the, you know, the, the consultant, uh, talk to the dealer, the whole thing, and it's um, it's kind of fun to see somebody get the car uh, that they really deserve. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, because cars are supposed to be fun. Hey, what other appliance in your house do you name? 
right? I mean, you don't name your refrigerator. You don't name your kitchen sink. You don't even name your bicycle, do you? No, no, you don't. But how many people name their cars? Almost everybody, right? You know, although some of the cars I've had, I've had some bad names for, like you, oh, you, especially on a cold morning when you come out and you get that, uh, and you have to call AAA. That's never, a, that's never a fun thing. All right, it's time now for our patented uh, You Know More Now Than You Did Before segment, Top 5. Time now for this week's Top 5. The five things you need to know about cars and car culture this week. And uh, we started off with, uh, you know, they're not only impeach, trying to impeach people in Washington, but they're also thinking about uh, the environment and cars. Senator Charles Schumer of New York has uh, introduced a bill that would bring back the cash for clunkers plan. Remember that at the beginning of uh, 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 2009, it, it helped pull the economy out of, uh, out of recession. You could take your car to a dealer. And they would buy it from you and then, you know, give you credit, I guess, on a on a new car. It got uh, people out there buying cars once again and saved a lot of jobs, especially in the area of, uh, of uh, Pittsburgh and uh, Ohio and, and Michigan and so on and so forth, where it's fertile car country, car country there, car manufacturing country. A lot of people uh, were very thankful for that situation. Well, Schumer's plan is a little different. He wants to get you out of your combustion engine car and get you into a plug-in hybrid, electric, or fuel cell vehicle. Uh, I was in the New York Times earlier this week. He says uh, a $454 billion plan over 10 years to uh, put America on a path to having 100% of new car sales be clean. So what would happen here, you could get up to $5,000 cash or more to trade in your gasoline-powered car for a hybrid or an electric or a fuel cell vehicle, a clean vehicle. Now, you already get rebates on those or tax credits on those of... Uh, a uh, considerable amount of money, I think up to 7500 bucks if you buy a pure electric vehicle. The uh, Currently, though, uh, Tesla and General Motors will lose that uh, tax credit because it only goes to 200,000 vehicles. Once they hit that 200,000, uh, there's no more tax credits. So this would, in some cases, uh, surpass that. But if you were going to buy something like a... Kia Nero or an Audi e-tron, not so popular right now, but getting more popular, you could wind up with over $12,000 off of the sticker price. So if you uh, are thinking about going electric, send uh, Senator Schumer a letter, tell him to get that thing rolling, and uh, hopefully they will, uh, they will pass that. The U.S. Army is saying goodbye to the Humvee. That's right, the Humvee is done, it's gone, they're not making them anymore. The JLTV is the new, uh, the new uh, um, Army uh, vehicle instead of the Hummer. Now the JLTV will be their uh, light recon vehicle. It is 
um, smaller than a Humvee. It's a, it's supposed to be much more comfortable than a Humvee, allowing uh, soldiers in body armor to sit in the uh, in, in the vehicle comfortably. It's made by Oshkosh Defense, uh, and it's um, it's supposed to be pretty good. They made um, some alterations in it from the original plan because they talked to soldiers, want, found out what they wanted in a vehicle that was uh, that they were going to have to use to go out on patrols. So the first ones were delivered to uh, Fort Stewart, Georgia, 300 of the new vehicles. And uh, they're uh, making some improvements as they go along. Uh, some of the enhancements and increased uh, situational awareness, which I guess means more glass, reduction of system noise, a seat kit, and a trailer. So that's some of the stuff that, uh, that the soldiers said they wanted. But you know what the main thing was? You know what got the biggest vote? Cup holders. The soldiers wanted cup holders, and I can understand. I mean, you know, you cruise along in Afghanistan, you're looking for uh, bad guys, bad people, and all of a sudden you see a Starbucks. And you say, wait a second, let me pull over, let me grab something at Starbucks, and then now in the old days you had to hold it between your knees. Now, with the new uh, JLTV, with the cup holders, you'll be able to put it in the cup holder, it will spill all over the place, and you have to you know, if you have to shoot somebody, you have to uh, go out on a patrol, your coffee will be sitting in the uh, cup holder when you come back. I mean, listen, I, now I don't know how much that cup holder is going to cost. If it's anything like the old army toilet seat that was, I don't know, what was it, $10,000 for a toilet seat? But I'm glad that they're modernizing these vehicles for a modern world. That's why, uh, kids... If you want to do something for your country, join the service. They're always thinking about you. The Army now has cup holders. Are you a Batman fan? Ah, well, how would you like to own the Batmobile? Yes, you can own a Batmobile. Now, it's not the one from the TV series. You know, the, the Adam West, uh, 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 Burt, uh, Burt Ward uh, Batman and Robin. That, that was a pretty cool one. It was uh, done by Dean Jeffries, the uh, auto customizer, uh, back in the 60s. There's a couple that actually got to drive that uh, that Batmobile. Pretty cool. I mean, it was a really a, a, a blast. No, this one is the uh, from the 1989 movie that was directed by Tim Burton. It is uh, it's a recreation. It uses a turbine engine for power and is fully functional. So you could drive up to, uh, let's say you want to go to, I don't know, uh, the Seattle Golf Club, or maybe you're thinking to yourself, hey, I want something different to go to the Seahawks game in. You know, I don't want to just drive. I want to pull up with something at the tailgate party that people will look at. Well, here's your chance. You can own uh, the Batmobile. The turbine engine, good for about 400 horsepower, which will get it on and off a trailer. It's a semi-automatic four-speed transmission. It's rear-wheel drive, and it rides on an air suspension. There are also a replica Browning 30 caliber machine gun and a replica flamethrower. Uh, the machine gun actually works. It fires blanks, and the flamethrower needs... Uh, 
an igniter. So you could actually make that uh, flamethrower possible, which I would love to see on I-5, you know, at 5 o'clock. I'd like to have a flamethrower coming out of the front of your car. That would be... Uh, it's titled, it's registered, it's ready for the road, and it's being sold as is, but it runs and it drives. Now, it's listed at $680,000. So I guess you're going to have to work for Amazon to buy it. Uh, or maybe Jeff Bezos will buy this thing. $680,000. It's a lot of money. But think about it. You're driving something that you're not going to see coming down the road the other way. Let's face it. Uh, there's, there's cars that you buy, and every fifth car that you see is one that, you know, you see the, uh, the, the car coming down the other way. But no, not this car. Let me tell you, the Batmobile, you will, I guarantee you, you will not see one coming the other way unless your address is uh, Gotham City 10207. All right, next we have the, uh, the Subaru that... Um, Unfortunately, you're not going to see. The Tokyo Auto Show was last week, and Subaru showed off their sporty wagon. It's really an attractive car. looks a lot, uh, a real lot like a Buick. Um, you know the Buick um, uh, Cross uh, Crosstrek? That's the, uh, the four-door Buick wagon that I think is one of the most attractive and uh, unheralded cars out there. Looks amazingly like that. Uh, a very, very attractive wagon. Or I guess it could be a Crosstrek on steroids, Subaru uh, Crosstrek on steroids too. But it is uh, called the uh, Levorg. I don't know who made this name up. But the, the Levorg, it's a prototype. It's, and what concerns, well, I don't know if it's going to make it to the United States or not. They did show it off, as I said, at the 2019 Tokyo Motor Show. And a very sporty wagon, beautiful lines. Uh, but the good thing about it is when you read about this Subaru, if you are a Subaru owner, you know about EyeSight, which is their collision avoidance system, which I thought was the best one out there as far as collision avoidance uh, systems, uh, uh, automated emergency braking, the navigation system is new, but they improved eyesight as well. Wider angle camera, new radar, so very improved and very and a safer Subaru. And I suspect that that technology will make it into cars that are in the United States, whether the Lavorg well, I hope they changed the name. Lavorg makes it here or doesn't make it here is, uh, we don't know, but at least the technology for right now. And uh, also a new engine for Subaru, a 1.8 liter turbo flat four cylinder. Uh, no horsepower numbers on it, but you might see it in the next WRX. And that's the second uh, Lavorg uh, sounds like something from out of space, right? Uh, you're, you know, you're a Star Wars or Star Trek or something like that. Uh, the Subaru, uh, or Subaru has produced one before they first show, showed it at the 2013 Tokyo Auto Show. And as I said, it's never been a U.S. model. But go online and look at it. I think it's an extremely 
uh, attractive car and uh, something that, uh, who knows, maybe you, uh, you know, you, one of these days you'll uh, be looking at it and say to yourself, I really wouldn't mind owning that car. And our fifth thing on the top five things you got to know, you know, there is, uh, there, there is somebody watching out over certain people. Evidently, uh, police near Detroit were cruising down the street. They saw an 81 Corvette sitting parked a little weird. So they got out, they looked at it. They realized that the uh, vehicle identification number plate was a fake. They found the real VIN on the car and discovered it was stolen 38 years ago. So they recovered a stolen car. And it's a really not a bad looking, it's an 81 uh, Corvette. It's, it looks to be in pretty decent shape. And uh, they are trying to track down uh, the owner of the car. Car's got only 11,000 miles on it and looks like it's in, in good shape. So probably somebody either stole this thing and stuck it in their garage or they stole it and gave it to grandma and it was used only uh, by a little old lady from Pasadena or something like that. I don't know. But it wound up that it's uh, 11,000 miles. And I guess the they're looking for the owner, the guy who reported the car stolen, but he probably got paid off by the insurance company for the car. So some insurance company is going to um, wind up owning this car. And so it looks like, um, you know, somebody's going to get a good deal on a car. But uh, stolen Corvette, 11,000 miles recovered in Livonia, Michigan. And uh, see the police are out doing their job there. 38 years ago. The car was stolen. I've had a Corvette stolen on me. I know how that feels. It's never never a happy event. All right, speaking about Corvettes, we're going to take a, a quick break here. We're going to come back, and uh, Taj Jupiter is going to join us. He is the chief engineer of Corvettes. He's the Zora Arkus Duntov of our day. He is the guy who oversaw and designed the new mid-engine Corvette. Uh, some people don't like it. Many, many people like the car. We'll get his thoughts on the car and where they're going with it when we come back. This is Drive Time. I'm New York Vinny, and you're listening to Alternative Talk, 1150 KKNW. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. 
Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Multicultural, multidimensional even. Alternative Talk 1150. And we are back with you on Drive Time Radio, New York Vinny. That's right, New York Vinny, I'm back. Oh, I'm back. I'm so happy to be back in Seattle. Man, it's been a while. It's getting used to uh, getting used to getting back and to talking to you again. We so appreciate you listening to the show. Uh, we, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a labor of love, you know, and I just, I'm so appreciative of uh, all the people on Facebook and Twitter that have gotten a hold of me and said, Hey, Vinny, come back to Seattle radio. Uh, we miss you. So now you have me and uh, who knows where it'll go from here, but, uh, it is so good to, uh, to be able to talk to my, uh, my Seattle pallies once again. Remember, you can find us on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at NYVinny. And also email at Vinny at drivetime-radio.com. That's Vinny at drivetime-radio.com. All right, uh, we get a chance now to do something that I love to do, which is interview people, talk to people uh, on a one-on-one basis. I call it a one-on-one segment. Uh, where I get a chance to converse with uh, a mover and a shaker in the automotive industry. And this week, we get a chance to kick it off with a good one. Taj Jukter is uh, the man in charge of building Corvette's new mid-engine C8. Now, this car very possibly is the most anticipated car in automotive history. It's pretty much 50 years that they have been talking about building a mid-engine Corvette when Chevrolet, it was on the docket when Chevrolet had the troubles, General Motors had the troubles back in 2009, like we were talking about before. Uh, It was ready to get done, but they had to stuff it because of budgetary concerns. Well, things are going good for Chevrolet right now, so they rolled it out this past July. Rave reviews from the automotive media and many Corvette enthusiasts. You also have the people that don't like it, uh, that think it's uh, blasphemous, especially because it doesn't come with a manual transmission. It is automatic only. But with its new sharper lines, lower nose, and reasonable price, the C8 Corvette looks like it was uh, worth the long wait. I caught up with uh, Taj at Corvettes at Carlisle in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, one of the largest Corvette events in the country, hundreds of vet owners swarming over the cars. Oh, man, it was like mice to cheese uh, with these cars. And I can report to you that I was able to get in and out of the car with minimal of uh, twisting and turning. So I started the interview by asking Taj if he was ready to take a vacation now that this mid-engine Corvette was ready to hit the showrooms. Do you get to take a vacation now that you're all finished with this? By the way, Ted is the the chief engineer, the guy who, uh, along with a great team, put this car on the road. Do you get to take, like, three weeks off or something? Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Even though we've revealed the car, the work is not done. Um, We actually haven't finished it. I mean, one nice thing about modern cars is with the uh, modern electronics, you can do a ton of stuff with just software and calibration. So that work continues right until the end. So we're still doing our final validation, our final development. We're still getting the plant ready. Uh, we've got quite a lot to do before we start production at the end of this year. So, um, no, there's no vacation in sight. How tough was it to get this car done? How tough was it to convince 
the people that need the convincing to get this car into dealers? Uh, well, it's been a long process. Some would say, you know, 50 years. But Yeah, I mean, I uh, wanted one when I was uh, 17. <laughs> <laughs> the Aerobat impressed me when I was a kid. You know, yeah. I, I love the idea of that car. It was an inspiration uh, for many generations, actually. Um, I think it was a confluence of many different events. And you talk about who did we have to convince? We had to have confidence uh, on the Corvette team that we're doing the right thing, which has been developing over the last decade or so. Um, and then General Motors leadership, we had to convince them that this is the right thing. Uh, and we've been working on that for a long time. The uh, current GM leadership was all in uh, from pretty early on uh, on this one. So it actually wasn't that hard. The challenge was not if we're going to do it, but how are we going to do it well. We had to get it right on our first shot. So we're competing against people who've done multiple generations of engine right. in the middle or in the back, and so we had to get it right right out of the box. So we did a lot of preliminary work, a lot of investigation work on some of the fundamental questions. So that had to be supported even as we were doing the seventh generation cars. So we were kind of doing both things. We're doing all those models of seven right. generation cars while still keeping an eye on doing that initial development work on the eighth generation. When you take a look at this car, you think back on it, just you know, on the drawing board the first time. What was the biggest challenge to you to get this car to, uh, you know, to, to where it is now? I'd say the biggest challenge was in managing the thermal characteristics of the car because that was the most unfamiliar to us. On a front-engine car, you have the engine out front, you have all the heat exchangers, the coolers, radiator, condenser, all that. It's way out in front, and um, it provides a natural ventilation for the engine compartment. We knew we were not only sticking the engine in the back, but we wanted to put a trunk behind it because we had to have a place for golf clubs, for the top to go in, the removable roof. We knew we had to have a fairly substantial trunk behind it, and that blocks the exit airflow path for the hot air in the engine compartment. And so we knew that was one of the biggest challenges from the beginning. We also knew we had to isolate all that heat from both the passengers and the luggage compartment, so we had to figure out how to space out all the heat shielding, what was the packaging for exhaust, uh, what were the materials that we had to use. The whole back end of the car is upgraded materials from today because the temperatures are higher, so we can't use what traditional manufacturers use for the bumper cover, the rear fascia. So there's a lot of development around how to keep the car cool, how to make the car work uh, internally, so HVAC, the internal comfort for the car, and then how to keep all the fluids cool. We have a DCT, HP DCT. It wants to run at a very constant temperature, so it's not even like our previous generation car where the automatic could live with some temperature variation. The DCT with friction clutches, you want to hold to a very narrow temperature range so that the trans always operates the same way. So um, that was a big, you know, talk about challenge. That's right. a multifaceted challenge to figure out and put all that stuff where it needs to be in the car and make the car look good at the end. For us who love to, you know, at the front engine, dump the clutch, burn the tires, and go up the street, how will this car be different when we get in it for the first time and drive it? Uh, it'll be different in many different ways. Uh, people will know, notice that it's, um, I think the first thing they'll notice is it seems like a much more expensive car. It's uh, very refined. You'll hear the engine note, um, but the traditional road noise that we've had um, is much reduced. 
So it's much easier to talk in the car, listen to the radio, talk on the phone. Uh, that's one of the things people will notice. But in terms of performance, what they'll notice is the car hooks up and goes. Right. And so in a lot of, even when not, you know, max performance launch, people will notice that, you know, come turning onto a street, needing to accelerate, you won't spin that inside tire. There's enough weight on the back. Right. Now, if you want to do a burnout, you can. We have double paddle neutral. Right. So, and I find I use that all the time on the street because I'm a manual transmission uh, driver by nature. And so I do a lot of coasting. And so you hit both paddles, you're in neutral, and you can do that from rest. So you put it in launch control or turn the traction off, rev the engine up, and just let go of the paddles, then you can spin up the rear tires. How in the world did you bring this car in at $59,000? Uh, well, the current car sells for about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you compare it to amazing, a current right? car automatic, we made dry sump standard. Um, we leverage General Motors economies of scale. We're lucky we get to you know, have assembly processes that um, leverage volume. So our V8 engine is yeah. built on the same, in the same plant that truck engines are built. So we get huge economies of scale uh, from that. Um, but really, the bottom line is, you know, we if you, we always say on the team, if we could do this with a cost is no object, it would be so easy to do right. the world's best sports car. Do you have to do it to a certain price point or a certain price oh, yeah. range? Oh, yeah. Do we, they look, do, we mind they our pennies. Uh, they don't. We know uh, that we didn't want to move away from our traditional price points because we want to keep everybody who can afford the current car able to afford the new car. And so uh, we knew we couldn't move the price up much, so we knew what that meant in terms of configuring a profitable business case because GM's not going to do cars that aren't profitable. Um, and so we had to figure out that formula with all our supply community. Uh, we're constantly paying attention to how can we give lots of customer value at a reasonable price. And that happens for every single part on the car. Is it reasonable to assume that we will see the variations of this car as we've seen in past Corvettes, like the Z06 at some point, and Grand Sports and things like that? Well, you know us. Yeah. You're going to have fun with this. You you didn't build this car just to have the V8 it has in it now, right? It's, str it's stronger in some We're parts. We're always looking for what we can do. I'll say that. It's a new architecture. It's a new playground uh, to do different things than we intend to play in that playground. Zora's probably smiling, isn't he? I think it finally so. happened. I, yeah. I sure hope he is somewhere. I wish he could be here and see his dream come true. Took a few years, uh, but we got there. Well, you're the guy that's, that's going to get me to sell my 62 and buy one of these because because, yeah, you know, the 62. You can do old school and new school. I, I, I could. Well, if, I'll tell you what. When they send me the car to drive for a week, will you let them know that I could have it for two weeks? <laughs> I don't know who's in charge of that. I'm sorry. Hey, thanks very much. And by the way, how come you guys didn't put out that beautiful leopard color we've been seeing for the past three years? <laughs> you, have to, you have to put that on yourself. <laughs> thanks. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. There you go. Tad Juke there. Uh, the chief engineer for Corvette in uh, Detroit, and of course the plant in uh, the uh, city of uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky, and the Corvette Museum right across the, uh, the street. It's a phenomenal car. Uh, it's uh, just, uh, you know, to get in it, and again, I haven't driven it yet. I, I can't wait to uh, get a chance to drive it. I understand that uh, there were a number of them Going through the uh, the, the uh, tail of the dragon uh, in South Carolina earlier this week, I have to go back and look at the can uh, the uh, camera 
that they have posted up there and see. But uh, just in, uh, you know, it's it's a great thing. Uh, and I'm always, I'm a fan of, of the American car. You know, and I know, uh, listen, BMW makes a great car, and Toyota makes a great car, and Nissan, everybody makes a great car. Kia, uh, you know, all of them, the Kia Stinger is a fantastic car, but I grew up in the V8, you know, horsepower, loud muffler era, where your, um, you know, your car was... Uh, was a, a part of your personality, and if you had a Corvette, you were a king of the hill. There wasn't much uh, much you could have better than a Corvette, and so to see this car now, uh, you know, 50 years down the road, 60 years down the road, in uh, this fashion, is a mid-engine car that looks, uh, looks beautiful, drives, uh, it, according to reports, spectacular, is fast, and cost uh, fifty nine thousand bucks as a base price. That's that's American ingenuity at its best. All right, when we come back. We'll talk about uh, our drive time road test of the week, the Toyota Rav Four. We'll tell you about that when we come back on Drive Time. I'm New York Vinny, and this is Alternative Talk eleven fifty KKNW. If you're searching for that perfect gift for the college-bound kid in your life, the Car Care Council suggests putting together a roadside emergency kit. An inexpensive roadside kit is easy to assemble and could be extremely useful, maybe even a lifesaver in the event of an emergency. Of course, it's always a good idea to be prepared for the unexpected while on the road, but the best option is to avoid breakdowns and car trouble wherever possible. Performing basic maintenance and observing a regular service schedule can help avoid unforeseen road emergencies. Roadside emergency items can fit into a small duffel bag or rubber storage tote and include the following. Jumper cables, emergency flares, flashlight and batteries, blankets and extra clothes, non-perishable snacks and bottled water, first aid kit including essential medications, portable USB charger to keep the cell phone running even if the car isn't, ice scraper, snow brush, and small shovel for winter driving. And finally, keep a copy of the Car Care Guide available free of charge at carcare.org. Visit the Car Care Council's website to access a number of tips and resources for vehicle maintenance, including a free custom service schedule. Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150. And it is Drive Time Radio, New York Vinny hanging out with you. It's a Saturday morning, our first edition of uh, the new hour-long Drive Time. We thank you for coming along uh, for the ride. Please tell one of your friends, tell all of your friends that that I'm back and uh, I'm doing this uh, car show on Saturday morning. And um, as a matter of fact, if you own a business and you'd like to advertise on this show, we are definitely... uh, looking for advertisers, looking for people to support our show, uh, you can uh, email me at Vinny at drivetime-radio.com. That's Vinny at drivetime-radio.com. If you are an automotive-related business or any kind of business, we would love to have you on board 
as uh, an advertiser, as a sponsor of our uh, little uh, soiree that we do here on Saturday, what we'll be doing here on Saturday mornings from, excuse me, from 8 to 9. All right, time now uh, to uh, delve into the test. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, nothing ugly about uh, this week's Drive Time Road Test. It has us taking a look at one of the more popular small SUVs on the market, the Toyota RAV4. Now, not only is the RAV4 one of Toyota's most popular vehicles, but it is among the top sellers in the category, virtually assuring you that if you buy one, you'll see another one within a few blocks of leaving the dealership. Uh, But the good side of that is if it's that popular, it has to be good, right? Well, rest assured, the redesigned 2019 RAV4 hits all of the notes it's supposed to. From the outside, the RAV4 is visually appealing. The Toyota trademark grille and lights uh, let you make no mistake about what kind of SUV it is. And it all works nicely as you move back through the muscular fenders, a swept back but yet glassy roof line, and an aggressive rear. Now, inside... The RAV gives you good frontward and side visibility, controls that are well-placed and easy to use at 60 miles an hour, and the rear visibility, though, suffers a bit with the large pillars in the rear. So that uh, lane change warning system that you need to get on this car is going to come in handy to know who's in your blind spot. That blind spot warning system should be standard on uh, every car. Now... The RAV4 seats four adults comfortably. Uh, If you want to put three in the back, you better rent something bigger because that's not going to happen. At least they're not going to be comfortable. The kids, of course, smaller kids will fit back there uh, fine. And it has all the uh, accoutrements to put your car seat back there as well. The rear compartment is cavernous on the RAV, even with the rear seat up. You drop that seat and you have nearly 70 cubic feet of cargo space and a very wide opening rear gate. And you know if you go to Costco or someplace like that, you want to have that that wide space to stick everything you can in there. Performance-wise, the RAV holds its own. It is distinctly Toyota, not overpowering, but certainly enough to get you where you're going along with everybody else on the highway, which, you know, I mean, in, when you get out, uh, you know, to, to the pass and out that way, you want to be able to get up over the, over the, the, the mountains and out to, to a Cougar game or something like that uh, and keeping up with traffic, and the RAV will do that for you. It's an inline four-cylinder engine, a little over 200 horsepower, paired up to an eight-speed transmission. It gives smooth acceleration and some guts, in the event you did decide to take it off the beaten path off the road. The hybrid version has an electric motor, and that helps increase gas mileage. Now, I found that the Torque E4 got the RAV up to highway speed without too much strain and had some punch when I needed it and was fairly quiet in the process. The RAV4 also has a comfortable ride to it. It feels larger than it is, and as far as ride goes with the four-wheel independent suspension, it's confident going through curves, even in wet weather, and the all-wheel drive system is seamless. A number of trim levels are available on the RAV4, 
with the TRD version being the more aggressive of the bunch, adding cladding and other outdoorsy touches to the package if you want to look like Mountain Mike or Mountain Martha, get the TRD version, go up to the top of a mountain and scream Toyota. It also makes uh, Toyota a bunch of collision avoidance features standard in what they call their safety sense package. Now, I drove the XSE hybrid version. It's sticking at 38175 with just about everything you can get in it on it. You can buy the RAV4s if you're buying just a straight gas version. You can definitely buy them less expensive than that. They start probably around $25,000, dollars Mileage figures on the hybrid, this is where the RAV really shines, 41 highway, 38 city, 40 combined. That's right at the top of the class. The 2019 RAV4 is also an IIHS top safety pick plus. So you know it's a safe vehicle. IIHS stands for the Insurance Institute of Highway Safety. Sharp lines, many model choices, great fuel economy on the hybrid, plenty of space for stuff. And Toyota reliability is a lot to like when you look at the Toyota RAV4. That's another edition of the Drive Time Road Test. Tune in every week as I give you the straight scoop on everything on wheels, from smart cars to high-dollar cars that make you look smart right here on Drive Time. So that's the Toyota RAV4. Uh, a really nice vehicle that I got a chance to uh, spend a week in. Wow, you know, an hour goes fast. I mean, we're almost uh, at uh, the end of uh, of our uh, of our show, and uh, it just it flies. I mean, I'm breaking a sweat doing this. It's been a while though uh, since I have uh, I've been on uh, on the radio this uh, long, so it feels good to be hanging out with you again. Your uh, comments, your questions, your suggestions for the show. Uh, at uh, Vinny at drivetime-radio.com. Starting next week, uh, I think we should be able to take phone calls and be able to uh, spend some time talking to you. And I got a lot of things that I'm interested in finding out about uh, you and your cars and all of the things that we think about when we talk about cars. We're also going to have a mechanics corner where you can call and ask about uh, about car repairs and what's wrong with your car. And eventually we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll start to sound like uh, click and clack used to, I guess. Except I got no clack. I'm just click. Or maybe I'm clack. I don't know. I have to figure that one out, which one if I'm either click or clack. But we'll have that next week. We'll also have... Uh, this is, uh, I was telling you about an event I went to, and they had a, uh, you know, the Bronco, the Ford Bronco is coming back. They're going to, Ford is, uh, it'll it'll be here in, in spring 2020, uh, the Ford Bronco of O.J. Simpson fame, and so on and so forth. The original Broncos were really cool um, little um, four-wheel drive uh, Jeep-like vehicles that didn't sell a whole lot when they were new, but yet they're a, a collector's item today. They go for big bucks, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. Well, this uh, gentleman that we'll talk to next week actually uh, buys them, rebuilds them, refurbishes them, and uh, they go for, and he told me that he sold some in the Northwest, they go for a minimum 
of $134,000. So would you send uh, spend $134,000 for a Ford Bronco? That's one of the questions we will ask you next week. It has been spectacular to spend an hour with you on this Saturday morning. Uh, we got a million people to thank, but especially... Uh, Michael Roberts, who's back at the studio and, um, you know, put this, puts this whole thing together and keeps me on track. Uh, also, I have to thank my sister, Marianne, for all that she does for me and this show. And, of course, thank you for listening. Uh, we will join you, as I said, again next week at 8 o'clock as uh, we talk about cars and have a little fun uh, on this uh, beautiful, beautiful Saturday morning. Is it beautiful? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful any Saturday morning that you see. I'm New York Vinny. Thank you so much for listening to our radio show. And uh, as I said, we'll join you next week at 8 o'clock right here on Alternative Talk, 1150 KKNW, if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise.